Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Glenn Kaiser. I'm the director of the Dolby Institute. And today's episode is a conversation that I had at uh, Sony Picture Studios a while back as part of Mix Magazine's Sound for Film and TV event, which was a conference and exhibition spotlighting the technologies and techniques behind sound for movies and television. This conversation was curated by the Soundworks Collection. And what you're about to hear is a conversation that I had on the sound and music of Black Panther with composer Ludwig Göransson and re-recording mixer and supervising sound editor Steve Bodeker. Here it is. This is sort of, there's a little bit of a, of, a, of a reunion for us because two years ago at LA Film Festival, I got to do uh, a conversation uh, with Steve and Ludwig, specifically about their collaboration with Ryan Coogler, the director, writer, writer and director of Black Panther. Um, this is only Ryan's third film, which is kind of astonishing to me. Um, he started off uh, making a huge splash a few years ago with an amazing film called Fruitvale Station, uh, which if you haven't seen, uh, you definitely should. And then uh, his next film uh, was Creed, which was also a fantastic film, and now Black Panther. So two years ago, we had this conversation about the way Ryan uses sound and music in a unique and distinctive way in his films. And, and I remember he, before we started the panel, he, he showed up and said, he said, I'm sorry I'm so tired, but I'm on deadline. I gotta turn in the script for this Black Panther movie tonight. So, um, and then here we are two years later talking about Black Panther, which is kind of uh, amazing and trippy. But one of the things that came out, and, it, and, and you'll, you'll notice if you watch the movie Fruitvale Station, um, it's a low budget, independent movie that takes place in Oakland that has unbelievably sophisticated sound design and music, especially for a first-time director. So Ryan is, is a director who really understands how to use these tools creatively um, to tell the story. And as, so the first question that I have for you guys, so we're, our, our, our esteemed panelists today are uh, supervising sound editor, re-recording mixer, and um, sound designer Steve Bodeker, uh, who received a, yeah, absolutely. No, 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 no! Please, 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 please. Who um, I'm gonna I'm gonna embarrass these guys just a little bit. Who who got an Oscar nomination for um, some amazing work in the movie All Is Lost, um, which and you're just now w working again with the same director again on a, on his new film. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you had started doing some work with Ryan on Fruitvale Station, and before you went off to do All Is Lost, you worked on Creed. Uh, Ludwig van Gorensen, the the composer, you've been working with Ryan since you guys were in film school, is that? Yeah, since our days at USC, like 11 years ago. Right, right. Yeah. So I've, I, I wanted to ask you guys first, you know, having this, this long-term relationship and working relationship with, with Ryan, can you talk a little bit about his approach to sound and music and why, why it's important to him and, and how his approach has, has kind of changed as the movies have gotten bigger? Well, I can start because it's funny because the first uh, the first film we did together was a student short, like it's called the 508. It was at USC. He was studying at the director's program, and I was studying in the film music program. And the first film was a five minute short, which didn't have any dialogues. It was just sounds and music, and that's like I, I remember how interested Ryan was in just like in the sound and and experimenting and how we can combine music and sound together. So that's always been something we've been talking about in, in his movies, and especially when we, started, when we started with his first feature film, Fruitvale Station, he 
he asked me like, is there any way we can use uh, the 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 BART uh, the BART train? It takes place on a, on on the BART train station. So he, you guys went and recorded the BART train, and then you sent me the audio files, and I like took them into my music programs and kind of warped them up and pitch shifted them and and and, and experimented with the, with the train sounds and kind of make put them into the score as musical elements. Um, and then for Creed, uh, I spent I went up to Oakland to a boxing gym and spent about two days in the gym recording a boxer punching, training out, working out, training the jump rope, and I had two sound designers later on that that kind of turned those sounds into loops and 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 helped me make musical elements out of those sounds. For Black Panther, it was a little different because what I ended up doing was. I, I going to I went to Africa and 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 it's not just about sound is is African music so which is sound is such a big part of it like there's there's instruments with sounds that you never really heard before and like you haven't really heard in any kind of movies before and but it was on such a different scale like it was not just two days of recording a little some some African drums but like I I really needed to study music and learn because it was extremely complicated and and uh, so it was it was it was definitely like you know a, a, a different scale of learning and, and recording music and sound yeah. and actually what, Lud what, what he, uh, Ludwig is describing is sort of my secret weapon for sound design because as a composer I mean first of all it's an honor to mix his music um, and with the history that he and Ryan have, they kind of share the same creative brain. But also the work that he puts into his score is my secret weapon for doing sound design because if you pay attention to what he's doing in his demos in the music, you can see exactly where we're supposed to go with the sound design. You can tell what the emotion is supposed to be. And not to be self-deprecating, but his music mixes itself. It tells you where it's supposed to be. It tells you how loud it's going to be. Um, when we were doing Creed, we had the whole montage of the, the working out and exercising. And the first time I heard it, it was so incredible. I just played it way louder than I thought was probably appropriate, but was very fun. <laughs> and then I turned around and I looked, and everybody else was smiling and having like a really good time. And so it, that was it. That was just what we did. And we did a lot of that same type of thing with, with Black Panther. I just followed the lead that Ludwig created with the score that he had written and delivered, even from the demos. Um, in fact, there's one point, there was one of my favorite cues is after um, Killmonger says, burn it all. And you, it's everything's on fire. And this music is coming in. And I believe it's like, da, 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 da. Um, it's building, it's building, it's building. And then it's 808s. And it was just too, too, too cool um, to ignore. Yeah, the, the shot is upside down. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. It goes upside down. down. Everything about it was just like really cool. And it's like you're playing it, and as the, the music is building and building, you just feel like it has to get louder and louder. Um, you just can't do it any other way. It was great. So I think you actually blew out the speakers at Disney at that time, the way you mixed it. Sorry. <laughs> not, not that we're proud of blowing out speakers, but yes, it's a, that, that's always a fun day. Well, let's, let's take a look. We've got some clips. Um, so let's take a look at the, I think this first clip is the, is, is the initial arrival at Wakanda.
Sister Nakia, my prince, we are home. It's old. So Ludwig, this is um, this movie is obviously kind of just in terms of size and scope so much bigger than what you guys have done in the past, um, and I'm I'm intrigued by the the combination of what what is a, a pretty big lush symphonic score, but also with a lot of of African uh, rhythms and instrumentation. So what research did you do to get ready for this, and how did you kind of put all of this together into a cohesive set of music for the film? Well, after I read the script, I mean, I had a, even before they started shooting, I read the script and I was, I told Brian, like, the only, the only way I would be able to make this, like, make this project, make the music work is to, to go to Africa and, and study African music and, and really dive into it. And, and, and so, and he was really on board with that. I mean, that was, that was kind of the plan from the beginning to, because it all takes place in Wakanda, and, and we're seeing these, you know, we're 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 in these environments, and and so so anyway, so so I went to uh, West Africa so to Senegal because I did a little bit of research, and 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 I like something that I really was interested in was kind of the sabar drums, which he and and the talking drum, and West Africa is kind of famous for 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 the energy of the percussion and and. And I uh, so so I went to West Africa and to um, um, I got linked up with a musician, a very famous uh, African musician. His name is Baba Mal, and he kind of took me under his wings. And I went on tour with him for a week, and in, in different small little villages, and just went on to see him play with his group. And just it was that was like kind of a very important moment to like being let in by him and like being around the music and the culture for for about one to two weeks and and i got to know i got like he introduced me to some incredible musicians and 
like one of the instruments that I've always been interested in is the is the talking drum, which is that that's just what you heard in that in that month in that music in that entrance. You hear the first thing you hear is the talking drum, and it's it's kind of like it's almost it almost sounds like a voice. It's because you can talk with it, like you can you can play different pitches with it. So it's also uh, the first. It's it's like a first type of uh, communication device. It's the first type of telephone. Like you can you can play these messages and send them to, you know, miles away because it's so loud. Um, so, uh, so so one of so that that's kind of and th that uh, the talking drum kind of became Tachella's sound and his 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 theme is actually. Um, uh, Tachala played on the talking drum. It's a, it's a rhythm that you hear constantly over and over again whenever Tachala enters. It's like doo -doo, that's his name. Um, so that was that, that's just a little part of the research that went into it. But um, yeah, yeah. And, but the, the, so much there's so much music in in this in, in that's happening on screen. Yeah. There's so much music that's being performed. So. At what point did you get involved? You said you read the script, but obviously there seems like there was a tremendous amount of music that had to be prepared for the shoot. Yeah. So can you talk a, a little bit about that process? Yeah. So so um, there there's a there's a there's the waterfall scene, a waterfall fight with Mbaku when he's challenging T'Challa, and they go this is beautiful waterfall, and if there's a fight taking place, and there's actually live music on by the sides of the waterfall. There's there's some live uh, musicians playing, and you can also see the whole audience kind of bursting into chants of T'Challa, and that's actually the rhythm that the talking drums are playing. So, so it was a lot of preparation that went into that went into uh, me like doing all this research before we started shooting. But then the diff the most difficult part was to like have the whole focus of the score being African music, but then we also needed to bring in the orchestra to kind of make it uh, like a cinematic sound and make it make it feel big, it really be big, it huge at times, and and but it was is very challenging to have the orchestra fit in under the African music, um, and not the opposite ways. So so that was that was that was one of the one of the biggest challenging moments of the score, and and then there's a third element which is kind of the the hip hop production with the 808s, which is kind of a modern. That's that's just that's a modern, modern sound of African music. So that kind of that was kind of an easy part. <laughs> well, it's actually I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because it kind of tees up the second clip, which was the arrival at the falls for that first kind of big fight sequence. So Michael, if you've got let let's let's run that uh, that next clip.
so <laughs> I want to see that movie, right? <laughs> this is going to make you want to go back and watch this movie again. Let me guarantee you. It's on Netflix. <laughs> um, one of the things that I, I really, I remember we talked about last time uh, that I've really enjoyed about both all three of Ryan's films is oftentimes I'm not sure if what I'm hearing is music or sound design. And I, I would love for you guys to talk about this sequence just for a moment and talk about like your collaboration and, and how you guys work together. And, um, you know, are you, you know, what, the, what are the conversations that you're having and what are the spotting sessions with Ryan like and how does this kind of seamless blend of music and sound design happen? <laughs> He's looking at me, you talk. Um, uh, actually, it's interesting because our approach to the sound design and the mix was very similar to what Ludwig was just um, describing about the music. There's sort of these three different characteristics. You have this culture that has developed this very advanced technology, and so the sounds need to have some advanced kind of almost sci-fi-ish character to them. However, if you look at technology and how it's advanced just within our own lifetime, you see that it doesn't get spacey sounding. It doesn't get sci-fi, and if anything, uh, design tends to be grounded in the culture of, uh, of where it came from. So a lot of the sounds of the technology that you hear are created from sounds from West Africa, whether it's percussion. A lot of the um, weapons have African percussion within the sounds of the weapons. Um, the ships, if you hear them go by, that weird little thing is actually a slowed down call of an African bird. Um, so we were trying to maintain as much kind of African stuff buried within the sounds, but also have enough layers so that as the music was was coming in, and the especially the orchestral part of it, and we were going beyond the demos, that we were able to make sure that everything worked together nicely and played together nicely. Um, and I got to mix music and the sound design, and so to me, the best way to make sure that they both have a place is if they're designed to both have a place, if that makes any sense. You want to elaborate on that? No, that was no, the I first. Just, it's, I, th this sequence is just amazing to me because you know it, it starts off with this very, very powerful rhythmic, but then the symphonic score comes in. And how did you? I mean, it was it, it, such a challenge. They're yeah. playing it. That's what I thought thought was so cool about the way this was designed musically is they're playing in the beginning and then it's score, and then we cut inside and it's this homage to Creed when Adonis is walking out to get ready for his big fight. So in, in this case, it's T'Challa walking out of the ship, and you hear the chants, and you hear all that stuff, and it's the people, and then it's the score. It's just, yeah. Sorry, I like yeah. your music. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just so, so important to have a relationship, you know, with, with and have a good team, because the only reason that we can make this work was because I, I, I we both been working with Ryan for such a long time, and and I was we were involved so early. So even at before like he's done with the first version of the script, I can read it, I can go, and you know do my research and learn and study, you know for for a month or for two months, and and then come back and just start to experiment because it was, you know, recorded and and recorded a lot of traditional African music and worked with a lot of musicians over there and. I learned so much, and then, but then, just like Steve said, like this is, you know, in 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 their culture, they're they're they also have the most modern technology, you know. So so, how do you take that traditional music and 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 make it, it with with a new updated modern twist? Um, 
using orchestral elements, using you know hip hop production, um, and that take a lot of that takes <laughs> a lot of time. So while they were shooting, I was able to to try to craft and 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 produce and work out trying to come up with new sounds and, and new ideas so like you have you have like these talking drum you know a group of seven talking drum players playing this talking drum pattern and then underneath it there's like an 808 kind of doubling the sound of it when which kind of gives it a whole new approach and and so so for this scene for example like we had I was on set in Atlanta and we had Live music being played on set, so so what you're seeing there is is kind of what, you know. Um, so was it sort of like a musical? Did you do a pre-record session that then became on-set playback, or how? Because yeah. I'm sure people are fascinated by the process. So like, w how much did you have to have ready for production, and then you know, w were you even thinking about the symphonic part of the score until at that point, or was that didn't come in until post-production, or how did you rough out? Uh, and prepare materials for cutting and for Steve to start using. Well, I was thinking about the symphonic part the whole time because I was so, I was like, how the hell am I gonna get the symphonic orchestra in here and make it sound, but still make it sound African, like African music. Um, so I was that I was thinking about that for about a year and it took me that long of a time to, to really figure out how to use it in an appropriate way. Um, uh, and I'm curious. I'm. I always love to hear about the like the process. So, w what was the temping process? Did you guys do multiple temp mixes and for test screenings, or well, how did that how did that go? Not really. Um, they generally try to keep stuff in house. I mean, Disney has a huge number of people that they can kind of pull from audiences that they can show it to, and so they're kind of constantly showing it to small groups of people and getting feedback that way. Um, but for me, because I knew. You know, the music that I was hearing in every turnover that we were getting was coming from Ludwig, so it was a perfect guide for me. So I was permanently temping, basically. So every time I would be working on a new scene or when it even came time to pre-dub, I was pre-dubbing with the music that I was pretty sure was going to be in the final. And was that, was that roughed out electronic versions of a symphonic score, or were, what, at what level were things that yeah, you were there was Yeah, like, there was, what, I guess samples of orchestral stuff um, that was going with it. In fact, there was one point that uh, we got the real orchestra, and it was so much louder than it had been prior that I was worried <laughs> that that it was that we were starting to tip too far into the big movie side of things and not just stick to the the Wakanda and 808 kind of stuff. And I actually called the music editor Ron Webb. I was like, "Is this is this on purpose? Is this something I should be following through?" And he said, "No, it's just it's the new recordings that we just got. They haven't even been mixed in, but we wanted you to have them for reference." The balance that was created in the demos stuck. That's what we stayed with. And I think the only time we ever changed anything from the way Ludwig had intended and the way Ryan had heard all along is just how we spread stuff out around the room. And what and what's very different the way Ryan Cougar works in terms of most other directors is that he never puts any temp music or, uh, in his films. So I think that was like a big shocker for <laughs> for I think for for Marvel when they were when they when they're working on storyboards usually there's animations and usually uh, they, they need music there to be able to look at the storyboards and they be able to get a sense of what, what feeling we're going for. But Ryan was like, no, I don't want any kind of music in except for Ludwig's demos, which also made it kind of, 
That's a lot of pressure on you. A lot of pressure on me because the first cut, you know, like I, I thought I mentioned this earlier, the first cut is is like three and a half hours, so I need to. So I, that's so that's a lot of scenes to cover. <laughs> and I'm always curious: were there any blind alleys that you got, that 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 you went down from a score perspective? That you tried something and was like, yeah, that just doesn't work. I have to I have to we have to pivot. I don't think so. Perfect. You got it right the first time. All right. So um, nailed it. Let's uh, let's take a look at the third clip, which is uh, ancestral planes. Jan. The time has come for you to come home and be reunited with me. Why didn't you bring the boy home? Why, Baba? He... He was the truth I chose to omit. You were wrong to abandon him. I chose my people. I chose Wakanda. Our future depended you on... You were wrong! All of you are wrong! To turn your backs on the rest of the world! We let the fear of our discovery stop us from doing what is right. No more. I cannot stay here with you. I cannot rest while he sits on the throne. He's a monster of our own making. I must take the mantle back. I must. I must right these wrongs. Uh, you have a blanket. So, Steve, those kind of um, those are almost dream sequences, and they give you quite a bit of of room for a little bit more impressionistic uh, treatment of sound. So, can you talk about your approach to mixing the sounds for those those sequences when uh, after he's taken in the 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 the, the kind of the Black Panther potion uh, and takes the spiritual journey? Uh, how did the sound for those scenes come together? Well, first, this is, it just popped into my head, this is a prime example of one where the music tells you how it should be mixed, because it goes away. We took everything out so that we could just hear the reverb coming off of his voice, and it was just this loneliest of moments. But then as the orchestra starts to come out and it's building, uh, even now, I still get this kind of tingling feeling of this is like, this is a building emotional thing. So, um, it just tells you how to mix that. Now, one of the tricks, and I have to give a huge shout out to my friend and co-mixer, Brandon Proctor. When he was mixing the sequence, he cleaned the dialogue and he turned to me and he was like, I'm worried that it's so clean it might feel disembodied. Um, but we decided to go with that because they're in this weird place. And what ended up happening is... They kind of are literally disembodied they, in this yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, thematically it works. Yeah. But what, uh, what ended up happening is because he had done it like that, um, we were able to take everything out so that we could have those voices be so clean and that you could 
give up um, a moment to just the decay of his voice. And so what he said became the critically important thing at that moment. And then the music and the emotion that follows from that comes swelling up with the music. Um, another thing that was kind of a, just a trip was that I was trying to make some sounds for some of the technology, um, and I made this by accident, <laughs> this weird kind of tone that was kind of undulating, and I thought it would be cool in this scene, but I was worried because it changes and it modulates over time. And I put it in and, and played it with Ludwig's music, and it's like, oh, wow, this is in key with the, oh, it's not. Oh, oh wait, it's in again. Oh, it's not. And it made for this weird kind of discord sometimes that I think helped out the sequence as far as like feeling that you're in this other place and it's beautiful or is it? Um, but anyway, yeah, like I said, the main thing I wanted to point out was how that music comes back in at the end. It just tells you how to mix it, so. So uh, I know we started a little bit late, um, but I think we, we have time to, uh, to take a look at this last clip and talk a little bit and then we'll open up for some questions. So let's take a look. This is um, sort of the big fight between Black Panther and Killmonger. Sorry, sorry, don't! I am the cause of your father's death, not him. Take me. I'll take you both, Uncle James! No! 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 Sorry, no! 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 Sorry! Sorry! No! No! Me! Is this your king? Huh? Is this your king? The Black Panther, who's supposed to lead you into the future? Come on, brother! Is there nothing that can be done? Him? He's supposed to protect you. I'm your king. No. We have to go now. No. Mother, let's go! So obviously some spoilers in that sequence, um, but um, the movie came out in February. If you haven't seen it yet, I can't help you. Um, you know, so there are two big fights that happen, the ceremonial fights that happen in this space at the waterfall. So obviously, you know, you got a lot of, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of big crowds, big waterfall, big action, big music. How do you sort, I mean, how do you make this into a cohesive, uh, sound experience during the mix, Steve? Um, big headaches. <laughs> it is, it's a lot of stuff. And anyone who's ever been to a waterfall, like if you go to Yosemite or something like that, you know it can be just this continuous, relentless white noise that 
tends to suck up everything. So we tried as much as possible to take advantage of Atmos and put some of the waterfall stuff up in the ceiling and off to the sides and then just do specific waterfall things for that. Now, as far as the, the sound design and the fight itself, Ryan was very adamant that it be brutal and timeless. This, there was nothing new. Uh, there's no Wakanda technology in this. This is a, a ritual that has been happening for generations and generations, and these guys are both stripped of any of their powers, so it's man on man, um, and uh, so that was like critically important. Um, and fortunately, you know, the, the music is playing in frequencies that are completely different than what we were doing with the sound effects. Um, and I think that that's just, I would say it was serendipity, but I think it was thought out pretty well in advance um, by someone. I'm not sure who. <laughs> but like having that kind of brass in there, that doesn't affect any of the stuff that we were doing in the sound effects. Yeah, and 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 it's the, the notes that you were that you're talking to Ryan about having it being timeless and and it's uh, musically like for the actual fights, um, there was almost only drums, and we had at I recorded a big sabar ensemble in, in, in Senegal that I'd later kind of, later on when we got the picture, this is before I had the picture, so later on when I had the picture, I kind of had to recut it and, and redo it and retime it. But And then I worked with with my my engineer my that, that records all my music, Chris Vogel, um, on how to really make these drums uh, really punchy and like really update the, the quality of, of the recording. So. In terms of, you know, this, these are rituals that the, the, the fighting rituals is a ch is a challenge between Mbaku and T'Challa. Here's a challenge between Killmonger and T'Challa, and something I was working with with the musicians that I met. It was like there's actual challenge rhythms in in drum rhythms in in African music that were written a thousand years ago, and being able to have you know to take those to, to use those rhythms in the music that was actually written for a moment like this is something that me and Ryan was talking about and and I, and that's what we did and th so so the drum rhythms you're hearing in the fights is actually a rhythm that was specifically written for a challenge moment it's amazing uh, before we take a couple of questions um, I mean we focused on Wakanda during the, through the clips and through this, but there's also amazing uh, design and music sequences. There's a whole set piece, huge set piece that happens in Korea with the you know the that extraordinary car chase, which is a, an amazing sound design moment. You've also got Oakland in the early '90s, and I noticed you guys worked some of those Bart sounds back in there again. So there's really just a lot of of extraordinary sound design and music moments in this in this film that we um, um, we didn't even show clips for. But I did want to open up to the uh, audience um, and see uh, if you guys have any questions for uh, Ludwig and, and Steve. Yes, right here. Uh, I think these uh, they're bringing they're, they're bringing you a microphone. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. It's an in incredible uh, production, and I appreciate you uh, describing it. I had a question on the clip we watched before this, where um, they're they're hitting their spears uh, before the waterfall, and we go into that. You know, we hear this music, and then we hear almost it sounds. I assume it's music. It's almost like whispering when we're going underwater. Is that a, a part of the music? And in regards to that, it's incredible. When you do that, is this something you you 
score, you know, with samplers and synthesizers and then record or do you record instruments as part of your whole scoring process? I was very interested because it's they're very together when I hear this all. It's very interesting. That is, so So the part we hear where you go underwater is, uh, it, it's actually voices, is about 10 men. Um, and so when I, when I, when I, when I spent about three weeks in Senegal and I lived in a house, uh, and the last day, uh, the last day of recording, I kind of gathered every man in the house that was kind of staying there and working there. It was, it was in, in a city called, um, Outside, it was in a city outside Dakar, and I was like, "Hey guys, you guys, do you guys want to just record some, some vocal sounds?" So we we spent um, like three hours, I just making random vocal sounds. We we like ten men that I've been hanging out with for for three weeks, and like a lot of them was just like make you know, we actually just made up like sounds on the spot, like and something. I was asking what, what kind of what, what kind of what kind of sounds do you guys do at you know Senegalese wrestling games? What kind of what sounds do you do at sports events? And so, sounds like that, and the sound that we're hearing when they're underwater is like it's it's kind of a chant that sounds like asha 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 asha, and I thought that was really cool. And and Ryan loved that sound too. So the, I don't know how we why I decided to put it into the underwater scene, but I think it fitted the tempo I was in, and I was like, oh, this is really cool, and it sounds kind of like magical, and, and I don't know, it just it floated in pretty well. Uh, I think we have time for maybe one more question. Yeah, anybody else? Hey, thank you guys so much for all the masterful work that you put into this movie. Like, really, thank you a lot for like just elevating the craft. Um, my question is, do you, it sounds like that you you made a lot of um, original um, sound designs and samples, but what's the ratio between like the original sounds that you guys are creating and like the possibility of y'all using VSTs or plugins um, and like. I'm also kind of curious as to are you using Ableton, Logic, Pro Tools? Like, what what is the DAW that you use to to mix and produce? Well, pretty much everything's in Pro Tools. Um, very little actually synthetic stuff in the design. We actually it was interesting because David Hughes, who's the sound designer that worked with me on this, uh, we decided to try and for the technology stuff split it up and he would go and do things with organic stuff and um, instruments percussion the birds and things like that and i did a bunch of synthetic things uh, particularly for the ships we ended up making things that were very similar it was very odd um you know for the buys especially that weird little um, and of course we went with the ones that were the african birds because that had you know more of an authentic real feel to it but uh, we try as much as possible to have things be recorded and as organic as possible um, for the source material. Um, plugins, uh, I use anything and everything I can find um, if I feel like I need to process stuff. Uh, a lot of the layering for me was done with contact. We used a bunch of reactor stuff. That, that one sound that I made that was the weird undulating thing that was a complete accident was in Reactor, it was one of the, the uh, sound generating ensemble things. And I was going through and I was tweaking all these things and it was not what I was trying to make by a long shot. But for me, 
I love putting myself in a position where I might accidentally stumble upon something. And if you can recognize what it can be useful for, um, even if you can't, just record it and have it and keep it in the back of your mind. Um, but yeah, pretty much all Pro Tools based. I did, um, for what I did with, with my musical elements, it's like almost everything that you hear is, I don't, like all the African elements was actually, most of them were recorded in, in Senegal. And then I import, I kind of cut them up and make kind of, some some of the instruments that I recorded, I kind of cut up and put into contact and make as, you know, my own synthesizers from it. And other, most of, all my audio I put into Ableton. And in Ableton, I'm able to pitch it, time stretch it, you know, make it different. And then the plugins I'm using on the African instruments is, I used, I, I tried to experiment a lot with plugins because that's, that's, that was a way to kind of make, take these old traditional sounds and kind of update them. You know, for example, for like the Fula flute that I'm using, that, that I've, that, that's kind of Killmonger's theme, I have a lot of uh, like, I use a lot of distortion and 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 some and like some some kind of tape delay to make it sound like kind of like almost like a modern sample. Um, so that that was just an experimental phase that I went through to to see what kind of plugins I can use on organic traditional African instruments to make it to make them just take on a different color. Great. Well, that's I could go for another hour, but unfortunately, that's all the time that we have. I wanted to thank Ludwig and Steve for uh, coming out and talking to us today about the sound and music of Black Panther. Thanks, everyone.